Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. So let's give the two of them, Brian and Sherianne, a warm welcome as the two of them come this morning to share their first time ever. Am I on? Am I on? There we go. Good morning, Windsor Christian Fellowship. It's an honor to be here this morning, and uh, we, uh, we are just, we're very humbled to be able to come and uh, preach a message to you this morning. And um, it's, it's, it's even an honor, as I said, to have Pastor Rick and Kathy here for the first message that we are, are preaching, as well as we're, we're Sherry's parents. Sherry's parents have got to be in here somewhere. They're in second service. They're coming to second service today? Sherry's parents are driving back from Toronto today to hear Sherry, because this is the first time that she's also ministering this morning, so we're pretty excited about that, too. And I have to give it up to some of the young adults over here, because they don't normally even get out of bed this early, but... <laughs> They came early today because they wanted to hear us, so we are, we're really excited uh, about that and what God, we, we believe we do have a timely word um, from, from God for the congregation this morning. Um, it was something that was, if you've watched the Facebook video this week, you know, you'll realize that it really wasn't exactly in our plans this week, uh, um, you know, on Tuesday morning, but uh, by Tuesday afternoon, you know, the plans were made and they were put into place and that we were going to be here, and God doesn't do everything, uh, you know, doesn't have accidents. There's a reason why we're here today, and we're going to be looking forward to that next, you know, 40 minutes this morning. So, so uh, anybody yeah. ever been terrified about something before? Uh, <laughs> I'm not terrified today, just so you know. Um, no, but we all know that, okay, maybe just a little bit. Um, we all know that Brian is fairly comfortable in front of a microphone, and, you know, um, I think we even have, do we have a picture of him? Can we get it? No, that's not it. <laughs> that's not there him. you go. Yeah, so see, this is him when he was back in children's church, and it looks like he's preaching some sort of message to um, the people. So anyways, it, it's in his DNA. It's in his mm-hmm. blood. Um, but those of you who know it's me know... It's back a ways. It's a little bit, uh, just a few <laughs> years ago. Um, those of you who know me know that um, this is probably not the most comfortable that I've ever been, is being up in front of people. Um, but what's interesting is how God has brought me from where I was to where I am now. And um, that process has been, you know, we started in volunteering in the green room, and I was terrified there, and, you know, just talking to people was hard. And then I finally got comfortable with that, and then... Um, that was after she had passed out at least once in, yeah, the, in the green room. I did. Um, mm-hmm. Not because I was nervous, but I did pass out in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, and then Brian volunteered us for baptism. And I said, okay, as long as like, we don't have to go up in front of people or anything. And he said, yeah, yeah, like, no worries. We won't do that. And so uh, I think two weeks later, they needed um, uh, the leaders. So I said, okay, fine, we'll do that as long as I don't have to teach. So I think I got away with that one for probably about a year when mm-hmm. Pastor Dave walked in one day and he's like, you're going to teach today. And uh, so I stepped out of my comfort zone and I taught in baptism Mm -hmm. and uh, started to get comfortable with that when God started putting on our heart that um, to to um, to lead the young adults. 
And so that was kind of stepping outside of my comfort zone a little bit. We went on and taught apologetics and stuff like that. Needless to say, um, I'm once again kind of getting into a comfort zone. I'm comfortable there now. And uh, so now I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone again. And here we are today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, um, so I'm going to share, since this is the first time that we've been up here, I'm going to share a fun fact about Brian and I. We've been married 14 and a half years. And uh, <laughs> yeah. They've just flown on by. Yeah, it's like just... Mm -hmm. Feels like 10 seconds underwater. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it's been great the whole time. <laughs> um, so, no, when we were first married, um, you know, how many know when you first get married, you have to get used to living with somebody? And mm -hmm. so, this one night, um, Brian and I were sleeping, and when Brian uh, would go to sleep, he would fill up like two full glasses of water, like probably bigger than this, twice the size. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he drank them through the night. And so this one night we're sleeping, and in the in the middle of the night, all of a sudden I kind of hear him reaching over for the glass of water, you know. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, something's kind of seeming off with this, and he's not really sitting up at all. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, before my my uh, brain could kick in, all of a sudden he just reaches over and he dumps it right on top of me. <laughs> And so the water splashed on him and woke him up, and he jumps up and he says, what are you doing? And I said, what am I doing? Like, what are you doing? And uh, He's still trying to blame this on me after, you know, 15 years, right? So he said, oh, oh I was dreaming I was watering the plants. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was at that moment that I realized that not only was Brian a dreamer, but he was one that put action to his dreams. Yes. It's true. That was just the beginning of the action that I put to some of my dreams. Yes, this is true. You know, she's had many experiences, you know, with uh, spiders that I have seen and snakes that I have seen. Yeah, yeah, I've been and, protected from snakes You know, from waking up and, what are you doing? And, uh, but I think you guys might want to hear a little bit about one of Sherry's dreams this morning. What do you guys think? <laughs> Sherry's dreams are of a completely different perspective than my dreams, right? So a typical morning you know, around the Shimatero house, and my parents can attest to this, would be, you know, Brian wakes up and he's barely, barely awake in the morning. Brian you know? doesn't wake up. Uh, it's it's kind of, up. you know, I, I just kind of, you know, go through the morning and, and grunt, you know, where it's just like, um, you know, she says I speak in, in monotone in the morning. And, and so I, I'm getting ready for work and, and I'm about ready to leave. And then I come over and I give my wife a good I kiss and, and, and say, you know, goodbye, I love you. And then, you know, I get over to the door and I'm about to open the door and she's like, I had a dream last night. And I'm like, oh, cool, that's great. And, and uh, then, you know, she's like, do you want to hear it? Uh, uh, yeah, but, you know, I, I, I got to go to work, you know, right now, right? And, you know, I'm ha halfway out the door at this point. And, she, and then it's like, well, you know, I was, I was out in a field and, uh, you know, you can pick whatever you want, a field, a street, you know, a city, whatever it may be, they're all the same, right? And it's like, and I was there with like Vincent and Violet and you were there. And, and all of a sudden, like all of these people are surrounding us. And then I looked at their faces and they, they, they didn't really look real nice. And the, the, the next thing you know, it's like they had weapons with them and they were chasing us and we're running through the streets. And the next thing you know, we're like, oh, there's the church. And we get into the church and we run through and we're going through, going through rooms in the building and we get into the basement. And then by the way, Brian, when I was going through the second floor there in that room, it, it looked different than it does right now. So when, we're, when you're doing the renovations next, you know, you should really take a look at maybe, maybe that room okay, okay, okay. should be changed a little bit. I think bit. this is enough now. 
<laughs> yes, I dream crazy. Um, anyways, <laughs> we're going to get started. Um, so today we're actually talking on, if you haven't figured it out yet, we're talking on dreaming. Specifically, don't quit your daydream. And uh, if you want to turn your Bibles with me, we're going to start in Genesis 12 in verse 1. And it says, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. We're going to put that up for us, and we'll read it again. Oh. How's that sound? Can we guys get Genesis 12, 1 through 3? Genesis 12, 1 through 3. There you go. You guys can follow along with us here. Okay. All right. It says, yep. The Lord had said to Abraham, or to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So basically, we see the big guy. He shows up, and he has a word for Abram, right? And that word is, is that I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you into a great nation, right? And it's, and it's that you're going, to, you're going to multiply and that, you know, the families of the earth are going to be blessed as a result of you. And so he imparts into Abram a seed, okay? And that seed that he imparts into him is a dream. And that dream is, is, is remarkable because there's power. It says in the Word of God, it says that you know, when God spoke, the worlds came into existence. And, and however long ago it was that God first spoke those words, it's still the creative power that went out is still creating as, as we are living here today, it's still going forth and creating. So there's power in those words. And so God spoke those words and he imparted this dream into Abram. And how many times has God come along into our lives and he speaks a word into us and he imparts into the fertile soils of our hearts a dream? Sometimes they come through many different ways. You know, they can come from, you know, a spoken word or a prophecy, or maybe you have a vision or a literal dream at night. But God is there working in the midst of it, and he's imparting into us his dreams for our lives, and he's putting those seeds there for us to be able to cultivate them into the next stages of, of our lives. And so right away after that takes place, you see that Abram, he's got a choice to make. He's got a decision. He's in a dilemma because he has to answer this one question. Do I accept this dream or do I reject it? Right? Do I allow it to go into my heart and take root? Right? And do I allow it to start growing? Right? And so we see right away where it says in, in verse number four, what does it read in verse number four? It says, and so Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him, and Abram was about 75 years of old when he left for Haram. And so he put his faith in the word that was spoken, okay? Abram, the father of faith, exercised faith. And it says in Hebrews, if we can go to Hebrews, let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. I'm going to jump around a, a little bit here for you for a moment. Hebrews 11.1. 1. When we see that, it says, faith is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. 
And if we can, can we translate that over into the Amplified version as well? Amplified really takes an expounded look at, at this. And it says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of the things we do not see and the conviction of the reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. That's faith, okay? And so what it talks about here is it says, hope precedes faith, right? God is a God of hope, and dreams give us hope, okay? And so we, we all need hope, right? In Proverbs 13, 12, what does it say about hope? It says, hope deferred, it makes the heart sick, okay? And when our, you know, that's not a good place to be in, but it says, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Right, and you know, I, I don't know about you, but I've been hopeless before in my life. Have you guys ever experienced hopelessness? It's not a great place to be in, right? And you know, probably like many of you, you know, you go through different seasons of your life and you're in where these different you know, levels of discouragement or hopelessness sets in. And, and I can remember, you know, even being, you know, the, at the age of the young adults here and, and, and like many people, you're like, oh, I wanna get married. And, you know, I'm, I'm floating through and, and I'm like, you know, it just, you know, it just wasn't working out. And my parents were probably sitting here at home and they're like, boy, we need to get this boy married and get him out of the house. And, you know, I think every time I turned around, my dad would be like, hey, Brian, have you met such and such? And hey, Brian, have you met such and such? <laughs> right? You know, he, I, you know, he set me up on this one blind date and, and it was just, it, it just did not work out. And, and, and I come back home afterwards, and I'm talking to Pastor Kathy, and she's just like, you know, Brian, where were you? And I'm like, I went on this blind date last night that Pastor Rick set me up on. And she's like, Brian, what are you doing? She's like, don't listen to your father on, <laughs> on a blind date. She's like, she's like I could have told you that. <laughs> so, so anyways, but anyways, I, but, but, there was a, but all of a sudden there was a time in and, and my hope, all of a sudden, it changed. Something started taking place where I was like, hope returned. And, and it was because there was this girl, right, who just started coming across my mind. And, you know, I had hopes of asking her out. But it just didn't happen, you know. And it says, and I want to keep reading back. We're going to jump back to Hebrews for a moment. Hebrews, go to 11.6 at this point. We're going we're gonna to stay in this chapter on faith for, for a moment. But Hebrews 11.6 it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists, but that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. Right? So it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Right? And so here I am, and I want, there, there's a key in here that I want you guys to take a look at. Right, because it's not just written right black and white in the, in, the, in the scripture here, but it says that when we get a dream, okay, it acts as a homing beacon for our faith. It points our faith in the right direction so that we know where to connect it to and start looking forward to the fulfillment of that dream and the direction that we are to walk forward in. Right? It says a dream with no hope and with no faith is just dead in the water. Okay? We need faith. It's vital to the fulfillment of our dreams. So you see, afterwards, I had to exercise my faith. I had to take some action, and I had to go ahead and I had to ask Sherry out, right? I had to ask this girl out. 
right? And then I'm out there, and you know what? It was, it was a scary moment, you know? And, and, and even Sherry would tell you, you know, she's like, I opened up my mouth to say no. True story. True story. True story. And yes came out. I thank God for favor, you know, because I needed favor that day. She was like, you know, in order for me, and then, and then it was like, all right, you know, I, I'm like, she's in this situation, and she's like, and before I make a commitment to this, she's like, this has got to happen, this has got to happen, this has got to happen. I think it was probably like a dozen things, you know, and, and I'm sitting there, and I'm talking to her, the next thing she knows, she's like, oh my gosh, this took place, this took place, this took place, and so at the end of the day, I ended up, you know, we ended up going out. And so hope was, re, you know, renewed in that moment and a dream came true. And as I said, that dream is like a tree of life. And Sherry is definitely like a tree of life to me. Right? Um, you got that on video, right? <laughs> we, we can edit that out afterwards. <laughs> anyway, so, so faith is vital to fulfilling your dreams. And... Um, you know, Abraham, we see at this point, he, he embarks on, he, he starts off and he leaves and, and at the age of 75, he takes off to go after his dream, okay? And so then you take a look at what happens right away. In verse number five, immediately following, it says, and Abram landed in the land flowing with milk and honey. And all the inhabitants of the land came and bowed down before him. And then they packed their bags and they immediately left and, and turned it over to him. And he had millions of descendants that arrived with him at that time. And he was blessed and highly favored and he lived happily ever after. Except that's not the way it happens. That's, that's not what happened? <laughs> no, instead, at that point, Abram embarked on a journey, right? And when he embarked on this journey, he was carrying within him a dream that God gave him. We have to understand there's always action, like Brian said before, there's always action that takes place, that needs to take place in order to reach your dream. There's a distance between your dream, uh, between you and your dream, and it's one small little thing, and it's a word called action. We have to do something. Our dreams aren't just going to fall in our lap. They're not just going to happen because we dreamt them. We're not going to just want something, and then all of a sudden it's just going to happen for us. It just doesn't work that way. We always have to put something forth. And the things that we need to do, we need to get to know God's character. We need to understand who he is. We need to get into his word. We need to really just seek his face. And, you know, in the Bible, I think in Habakkuk it is, it says that um, the word of God is powerful and alive. And it means that it's working inside of us when we get to know it, when we spend that time getting to know him, when we spend that time with him. And so, um, so we need to do that. We need to put a plan together and work towards our dreams. And I'm going to tell you this. When, um, in your dream, if, God is, if you have a dream and you feel that God is telling you to do something, if it goes against his word, then it's not God asking you to do that. He'll never ask you to go against his word in order to fulfill your dream. And let me tell you, there will be times when you'll be tempted to do something that goes against his word in order to accomplish what, what you desire. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. And so, and as Sherry says, you know, there was action that needs to take place, right? And so Abram put action and then he left and he left and he started off into this unknown journey, okay? But as soon as this takes place, there's going to be struggles that are going to come along the way, okay? You know, how many of you have had dreams before and the next thing you know is like, where did this come from? Or where did that come from? And, you know, struggles come. And so they're, they're meant immediately to actually try to take out your dream, okay? But at that time, though, God uses these, can use these experiences to help build our character, 
okay? And God is wanting us to be formed and, and, re, and, and, and made and said and, and follow after him. And so what happens is, is I tell the young adults this all the time, and they could probably come up here and quote this from me at this moment, but I always tell them, I say, God is more interested in developing your character than he is in making your life easy, okay? Many of us, you know, hey, I got a dream. My life's going to be easy from here on out. But, and the reality is, it's like that dream comes and there's a whole bunch of other steps that are going to come first and there's struggles and those struggles are going to be real. And so one of those struggles that, you know, takes place, right, is, is that when God imparts that dream into our heart, you know, the character is developing, we're spending time with God so that we're hearing things and we know what's happening, right? But there's a risk. There's always a risk involved with a dream, okay? And so the first thing that, that Abram had to do is when he, when he had to leave, he left home. He left the safety and the security of his home, of his family, of his friends, in the nation that he was in. He had to leave that behind because God had, had a plan for him, but all of those security blankets kind of got ripped out from underneath him at that moment when God said, go, right? And, we, some, and often we need to step outside of our comfort zones, right? Sherry this morning is, is jumping outside, outside of, her of her comfort zone. And, you know, God has, has a plan, but we need to make sure that we are, are focused with that and that we are willing to take a risk, mm -hmm. right? Safety and security are an inhibitor to your dreams coming true, right? We need to be able to take those steps. Yep. And one of the things with stepping outside of your comfort zone, there's going to be an aspect of fear that comes along with that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I asked you guys if you've ever been terrified about something before. Normally, like if you would have asked me 10 years ago if I'd be up here today, I probably would have laughed and said like... If you would have asked her uh, last week, you she probably would have said, said, there's <laughs> no way I'm going to be up here. <laughs> right. But, um, but so this is one of the things, you know, I'm, I'm not letting fear take a hold of me. I'm letting fear develop me and I'm letting, I'm going to face things afraid because how are we going to grow through things if we don't face our fears? Um, can we just play the first video? If there was one uh, concept that I would um, suggest to people to take a daily confrontation with is fear. Um, the the, the problem with fear is that it lies. For me, the, the daily confrontation um, with, with fear has become a real practice for me since about three, three years ago, um, I, went, uh, I went skydiving. So then that night you're laying in your bed and you just keep <laughs> and you're terrified. You keep imagining over and over again jumping out of an airplane and you can't figure out why you would do that. So you get there. And then you have the safety brief and you're standing there and the guys would say, well, if the chute doesn't open, what's going to happen as you're doing you? Well, why the hell would, why, what could happen <laughs> that the chute, the chute wouldn't open, right? But everything's normal. So you fly and you go up, you go up, you go up, you go up to 14,000 feet and you notice there's a, a, a light. It's red and it's yellow and green, right? So right now the light's red. So then you start thinking at some point the light's going to go green but you don't know what's going to happen, right? And you wait and it goes yellow and the light goes green and somebody opens the door. And in that moment, you realize you've never been in a freaking airplane with the door open. <laughs> so terror, 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 terror. Right. So you go and then, you know, if you're if you were smart, you sat in the back so you don't go first. Right. And then people start going out of the airplane and you go and the guy walks you up to the end 
of the thing and you're standing and your toes are on the edge and you're looking out down to death. <laughs> and they say, on three. And they say, one, two. And he pushes you on two because people grab on three. Right? <laughs> right? And you go, <laughs> and you fall out of the airplane. And in one second, you realize that it's the most blissful experience of your life. You're flying. There's zero fear. You realize that the point of maximum danger is the point of minimum fear. It's bliss. It's bliss. The, the lesson for me was, why were you scared in your bed the night before? Why did you, what do you need that fear for? Just don't go. Why are you scared in your bed 16 hours before you jump? Why are you scared in the car? Why could you not enjoy breakfast? What, 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 what did you need that? The fear is fear of what? You're nowhere even near the airplane. Everything up to the stepping out, there's actually no reason to be scared. It only just ruins your day. You're, you don't have to jump. And then in that moment, all of a sudden, where you should be terrified is the most blissful experience of your life. And God placed the best things in life on the other side of terror. On the other side of your maximum fear are all of the best things in life. So this is a thing, is that, you know, I know in here he says that God places the best things on the other side of terror. But the way I would say it is that the devil inserts fear between you and your dream to keep you from seeing what God has for you in your life, to keep you from seeing what God wants you to do. And so he inserts that fear between there because fear debilitates people. No, like people don't want to step out in fear. They want to stay in their own little bubble because you know what? Like he said, leading up to everything, you know, like this, the last week, I'm kind of glad that we only found out that we were doing this on Tuesday because, and I was preoccupied with my son having surgery because um, I pr that probably would have been me. I probably wouldn't have eaten all week. I probably wouldn't have, um, I probably would have just freaked out about everything all week and probably wouldn't have slept last night. Um, but you know what? It's, uh, and, and I'll tell you this, on the other side of fear, so on how I'm stepping through my fear, on the other side of fear, you know what? It's really not that bad. It's, it's like, what, what do I have to be afraid of? Like, mm -hmm. What is there? You know, I am who I am. God put a dream inside of my heart, and I either speak his words or, or I flop. And, and mm -hmm. what, what happens if I flop? Nothing. In another couple of weeks, nobody's going to remember it. <laughs> but listen, if, God, if the devil can get you from losing sight of your dream, he can ultimately get you to, to, to not do what God has called you to do in life, right? And so then he can ultimately stop your destiny. He can stop another plan that God has on this earth for his kingdom. What are we here for? We're here to fulfill the will of God. We're here to spread the gospel to other people. You know, we're not here for ourselves. Our dreams aren't meant for us. Our dreams are meant for other people. Our dreams are meant to fulfill the will of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so we need to understand there's freedom on the other side of fear. Um, what comes along with the side of fear a lot of times is fear comes from mindsets that we've had. 
negative mindsets. I've had negative mindsets in my mind that I've had to deal with through lots of things in my life. I've had negative mindsets about, you know, just, well, getting up and speaking. <laughs> um, I've had negative mindsets about, you know, even just, you know, dealing with money and stuff. Things I didn't really understand, you know, I came from, you know, more of a, a thought process that, you know, got to scrimp and save and make sure we spend the least amount of money and stuff like that, which can be good, but it also can be hindrance too, you know? So these are mindsets that I had to actually work through. And we have to see um, with Abram, God brought Abram outside of his tent to show him how to dream bigger, right? Are we offending God with the way that we're thinking? Are we offending God with, you know, and insulting him with our small thinking, staying in our own little bubble because it's comfortable? Because there's no, um, there's no opposition in our little bubble. There's no um, terror in our little bubble. It's comfortable. It's mm -hmm. nice. It's easy. We know everything. We can keep everything in control. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that we're not meant to stay in our own little bubble. We're meant to step outside of our tent. We're meant to just dream bigger. It's true. It's true. And see... The, with, with these, as I said, there's steps, so there was risk that was taken, and then after risk, there was fear, and then there's these mindsets that, you know, God's trying to transform and, and work through, but eventually, as I said, you're, you're in the stage, too, of just adversity is there, it's present, and contradictions come, okay? And when we walk through, you know, I, it's one of the things I always tell Sherry is, is one of the easiest ways that I know that I hear from God, because right away, you're walking out a contradiction in your life, and you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, I've been able to take a look at it, and, and it's important, as she mentioned pri prior to this, she said, you got to spend time with God, okay? You need to hear His voice. You need to be able to know, because when you start to doubt and say, okay, hey, is this just me talking to me? Is this me doing my own thing, or is this God who, who gave me the dream, and I need to fulfill this dream, and you need to know which way, you know, where to line your faith up to the homing beacon here, right? It says that we need to spend time with God so that God's there. When, when he went through the stories over and over again with, with Abram, right, he didn't just tell Abram, you know, once, hey, I'm going to make you a great nation, right? He, he had conversation after conversation after conversation with Abram about it, and he reminded him, and, and constantly Abram was in communication with God, right? And so we need to know, right, that when God puts these dreams in us, that often contradictions will come. Adversity is going to come, and we need to stay connected to God during those periods. If you guys can, I'd like to put up the other video at this moment, too. Okay. All right. Then we're going to go sell a bone density scanner. How about that? You want to do that? No. Hey, Dad, I'm going pro. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. You know, uh, you'll probably be about as good as I was. That's kind of the way it works, you know, and I, I, I was below average. You know, so, whoa. So you'll probably ultimately rank somewhere around there, you know, so I really, uh, you'll excel at a lot of things, just not this. I don't want you out here shooting this ball around all day and night, all right? All right. Okay. Hey. Don't ever let somebody tell you you can't do something. Not even me. All right? All right. You got a dream? You gotta protect it.
people can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. You want something, go get it. Period. Powerful video. How many can see in that video, you know, the, the little boy, you know, what is his, I'm going to go pro, going pro. And his dad, you know, took a look at it from his perspective of life and said, hey, you know what, you know, you're, you're probably just going to be average. I was average. You're going to be good at some things, but not necessarily going to be good at that, right? And, and those words that went forth were powerful to that young boy. And you could see right away his spirit was broken, Okay. And thank God, you know, in the video here, you know, that, you know, the, the father realizes what took place and he took, a, uh, took an action, you know, to correct that and to encourage his son and say, hey, look, you got to protect those dreams and don't tell anybody that, you, don't let anyone tell you that you can't fulfill a dream or you have a plan, you know, that God's put on your heart. Don't let somebody else tell you you can't do it, okay? And it's the same word, you know, that God's telling us today as the dreamers of the house, right, is, is, don't let somebody else tell you what, what you can and can't do, okay? If God says that you can do it, then you can do it, okay? And so take a look at the story of Joseph, you know, one of the, what is it, the great-grandson of, of Abram, right? You know, he's going about, and he gets a dream imparted into him at a young age. And the first thing that he does is, hey, I got this dream. And God says, hey, you're going to be a ruler. You're going to be, you know, a great, a great man and your family. They're even going to come down and bow down before you. And, when, and he takes that dream and he shares it with his family. And how'd that go over? Not too good. You know, I, I think they even got, they got mad at him. They're like, are you, are you serious? Right? And so right away it says, you know, see, those who are often closest to us, right, the ones who are most familiar with us, don't necessarily see us the way that God sees us, right? God's perspective is often very different than our own perspective and those, you know, even close around us, okay? And so Joseph goes on and then he walks out this contradiction of adversity afterwards. What ends up happening? He, he ends up, you know, next thing you know, his brothers, they, they sell him into slavery, right? So he's often in slavery and then he gets accused, you know, of some indecent acts, Next thing you know, he's, he's, he's laying in, in jail, and 13 years of his life goes by, and he's walking out a complete contradiction to what God had spoke to him, okay? And so adversity comes. Where are we, what are we going to do with the adversity? You know, when there's rejection after rejection and things that take place, this is where you need to stay connected to that life source, and we need to stay connected to the power of God, and we need to share our dreams we know with those who are going to support those dreams, right? He says in the video, and he says it well, he says you need to protect that dream, right? And it's important. Not everybody can handle your dream, right? That's your dream, and God gave it to you. And there are going to be people who are going to, you know, rise up to that occasion. They're going to support it. But there's going to be many people as well who may not, may understand that dream. Yep. I want to talk about people who, you know, are walking out contradiction in their dream. Let's bring it back to Sarah and, uh, and Abraham, right? Mm -hmm. They saw their natural circumstances. You know, they're in their latter years of age, never had any kids. And here's the dream that they're going to have their own direct descendants, Right? And so, so they come up with this brilliant plan because, you know, well, if they haven't had kids by this point, then like, how's that actually going to happen? So they come up with this brilliant plan that, okay, well, maybe the promise isn't actually meant for both of them. Maybe the promise is just meant for Abraham. And so they come up with this, 
you know, elaborate plan that maybe Abraham needs to go off and uh, have a child with Sarah's, um, her, her servant. And so, so they do this. And, uh, but, and so they did things, you know, like off, right? And so what happened was that after that, God came back and he said, no, 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 no. It wasn't that it was only meant for Abraham. It was meant for both of you. This was the dream for both of you, and, I, and you are going to have a child. And, you know, Sarah laughed, and, and, and so, you know, and the messenger came and said, you know, you laugh, but your child's, you're going to name your child Isaac, which means laughter, right? And this all came to pass, you know. She was well past childbearing age, and she still ended up having a child because of a miracle of God. God is a God of miracles. But we have to understand that timing is, has something to do with it. Timing is important, and a lot of times our timing is way different than what God's timing is. Mm -hmm. So we like to put things in, into plan because, you know, that's what we do as human beings. We formulate a plan, and we get things done. We make sure that, you know, we, we know what we can do and stuff like that. But I'll tell you, um, you know, when Brian and I decided that we were going to start having kids, um, I, had this, I had this plan, this picture in my head of how it was going to look like, and, um, you know, I was just... We often was, do. We, we do, we do. <laughs> but I was excited, um, but I didn't take into consideration that I'd have a hard time getting pregnant. And so, um, you know, when I, when I was young, mm -hmm. one of my most valued dreams was that I was going to be a wife and a mother. And so when we, start, when we decided that we were going to start having kids and I wasn't getting pregnant, I was going through a lot of discouragement, depression, mm -hmm. and it was, just, it, was, it was a rough time. And I'm going to tell you that... Um, there was this one moment, and I hope I don't get emotional when I say this, but um, there was this one moment where I was just laying on the bathroom floor, and I was just having it out with God. And I'm like, God, like, this is my dream. I'm, I'm meant to be a mother. You know this. This is, this is what we're supposed to do. This is, this, is the way, this is our plan. This is what it's supposed to happen. And, um, you know, I'm just I'm a sobbing mess on the floor, and, uh, and I finally came to the point where I said, you know what, God? I love you. I know that you're still good. And if I never become a mother, I will still serve you because you're good. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'll tell you this, um, two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> um, but looking back now at this point, I would never change that year that it took us to get pregnant because what God did in my heart that day on that bathroom floor was life-changing. And it imparted, it, it strengthened my dream, right? And, I, and it strengthened my relationship with God, mm -hmm. right? It's true. And, um, you know, there's a, I'm going to throw in a little tidbit here for you, too. You know, dreams can often be given to you, but sometimes they're fulfilled by your descendants. Okay? When you take a look at Abram, God gave him this promise, you know, that he was going to become a great nation and all people on this earth, you know, were going to be blessed, you know, all families would be blessed by him. But Abram, you know, but it was his descendants who, in, who, who went in and possessed the promised land. It was his future seed, which happened to be the son of God who finally came through the bloodline, right, that brought salvation to humanity and brought about what we all know today as that, sal that salvation message, right? And so it was fulfilled through the descendants. And oftentimes, you know, you know that dream may start with you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to end, end with you either, right? It's, as I said, you know, as Pastor Michael put, you know, it's, it's not over, right, just because, you know, you got the first part part of it, right? Your descendants can often fulfill, your, those who come after you can fulfill that dream. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. It's true. So we've talked about how God imparts the dream inside of our heart and how, um, you know, we have a choice that we can either accept it or we can reject it. Um, if we accept it, we understand that there's going to be a journey that we're going to be on. And on this journey, there's going to be character development that's going to either take place in our heart mm-hmm. or, or we're going to allow it to, you know, thwart our dream and, and throw it out the window. Um, but when it comes down to it, how do we actually fulfill the dream? How do we get from point A to point B? And the thing is, is that I'm going to tell you three things. Um, number one, use your imagination. God gave us an imagination for a reason, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I say, set aside time to daydream with God. Sit with God. Dream with Him. Set that time aside because it's precious. Um, let God spark a passion inside of your heart. Mm-hmm. Number two, put a plan together. Write it down. Habakkuk 2.2 says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. So I'll ask you this. If somebody came up to you today and said, I have an unlimited amount of resources and money to, to, um, to help your dream, for your dream to come to pass, would you first of all know what your dream is? And number two, would you know what's required in order to, get, to fulfill your dream? These are important things. You need to know this because, you know, you never know when you're going to come across somebody who's going to come up and say, I want to sow into your dream. I want to sow into your future. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know that dream that God wants to place on the inside of your heart, then how are you going to let other people know what is needed? You mm-hmm. know, we need to know this. So number three, don't give up. Don't quit your daydream keep going. We're going to experience, you know, trials. We're going to experience hard times. We're going to go through opposition. Don't quit. Keep on going. Keep, keep persevering. You know, we need to keep on going. We need to just, um, see the end in sight. Don't let that fear be inserted between you and your dream. Let that dream come to pass. Fulfill it so that you have something to give to other people. That's good. So, You know, as we wrap up and we're closing up today, take a look back at at the story of of, of Sarah and Abram. So they're sitting around in their 90s, and God shows up one day again, and he says, look, he says, Sarah, you may feel that you are past the age of bearing children, right? And and Abram, you may think that this is going to be fulfilled through, through Ishmael. But that is not what my promise was. My promise was that it would come through the, lo- through the loins of Abram, but through Sarah, that the seed would come through Isaac. And he says to Sarah, he says, and he says to Abram, he says, it's not over. It's not over. I'm a God of miracles, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to perform what I want to do, because I have a dream that I've given to you, and I am the great I am. I am the Alpha and the Omega, and I am going to bring about a work today, and at this time next year, you're going to be bringing forth the promised seed, and through that seed, right, the Christ is going to end up coming, and he's going to bring salvation to mankind. And so... Each and every one of us this day have a dream that God's imparted into us. And, you know, we may have gone through seasons of discouragement, and maybe there's been times where we've been beat, beat up, and, and people have told us that we're not going to amount to anything or that we're worthless. But God is here today to tell you that you are value to Him. He has a purpose for you. He has a plan for your life this day. And He's imparted a dream into you, and He's imparted a dream into you, He's imparted a dream into me. And those dreams are going to come to pass 
pass. And we need to take those and put them into the fertile soil of our hearts and allow them to cultivate and to grow this day. Because there's doctors in the room and there's nurses in this room and there's teachers in this room and there's inventors in this room and there's people who are going to go out there and make a change in this world and affect this nation. This house has dreams put upon this house and this nation of Canada is reserved for the last days because God's put dreams here that we are going to fulfill. And today is that day and God's saying to us as a church, pick up those dreams. Pick up the dreams that I've put on the inside of you. Don't cast them aside any, any longer. We need to start dreaming again. Don't quit the daydream, people. And so today... If we're, we're, we're going to wrap up. We're going to pray. And if you got a dream on the inside of you and God's reigniting that dream and that passion, you guys can stand up this morning. We're going to pray for you today. And we're going we're gonna to pray for that fresh impartation of a dream for each and every one who's here in this room. So if you guys want to stand up and share with me, we're just going to pray for you today. And we're just going to believe for God to be able to stir up those passions, stir up the imagination, stir up those gifts that he's put on the inside of you. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for every person in this room. I just thank you, Father, for the dream that you've put in our hearts, Father. And if there's been people in this room that have just been discouraged and downtrodden and people who just feel like they've struggled with depression and opposition and adversity, um, I thank you, Father, that you are just giving them hope again, Father, that you are giving them life again. And right now, we speak life into their dreams right now. I thank you, Father, that as they are going to dream again, I thank you that you are igniting their passions, that they will aim high high, Father, and that they will let their dreams cause a wildfire in the hearts of those people and those around them, Father, and that they will ultimately make a difference in those around them, Father. We praise your name today in Jesus' name. Amen.